I get started, I want to uh, let you guys um, in. I, I shared this in a small group session that we had Thursday night, and I know we find ourselves several weeks uh, coming up on a month, it feels like, but several weeks into the situation, and uh, I want to give you some encouragement uh, before we begin, and I want to give you some hope. Um, I shared this in a small group that I had on, on uh, Thursday night, and it's this, um, I really feel like God has given me the word of, of, um, of opportunity, um, and I don't say that very often, but I really do feel like over and over and over again, what God has said to me is you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity during this time, an opportunity to do a lot of different things that before you've been too busy to do, before you've been too distracted to do, <clears throat> before um, you, you've been too lazy to do, let's be honest, um, and some of those things are you have an opportunity to grow closer to your spouse. You have an opportunity to grow closer to your kids and, and, you, and your family. You have an opportunity to grow closer uh, to God. And the other word uh, that, that, that Wendy and I used on Thursday night, and if you haven't, che- if you haven't watched it, we posted it uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, check it out. It's about a 35 or 40 minute small group. But the other word is intentionality, it being intentional. Uh, opportunity plus being intentional. You're not going to progress during this time if you don't take the, make the most of the opportunity you've been giving by being intentional. That means being intentional to get up at a certain time, being intentional to dig into the scriptures, being intentional to spend time with your family, being intentional to pray, being intentional uh, to maybe do that project you had around the house Listen, if you are not taking the most of the opportunity and you're not being intentional, the truth of the matter is is that you're not going to fare very well during this process. The truth of the matter is is that you're not going to progress where God wants you to be. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, maybe God's trying to get our attention and maybe God's, I think God's been trying to get our attention for a long time, to be honest with you. But, But I'll tell you one thing, I've seen more families walking through the neighborhood, father, mother, all walking through the neighborhoods, Together, I've seen more families uh, playing outside in the yard. I've seen more families hanging out together on their front porches. I've seen neighbor and na- different neighbors being cordial from a distance, being cordial to one another, waving, saying hello. I've seen a lot of things during these last three or four weeks. And I really do believe, while I don't think God wants us, I know God doesn't want us to have some kind of virus. I'll tell you what, God can use anything to draw us to him. And so we have to take the opportunity and we have to be intentional about that opportunity. And that's what I want to encourage you with today. And I'll probably say the same thing next week and the week after that if we we can't all meet together during that time. So with that in mind, I want to tell you a little bit of a story. There's a situation that falls in the book of John uh, chapter 11. There's a situation that happens in the book of John chapter 11. But I want to tell you a story around that story. It's kind kind of a crazy kind of thing. There was, a, there was a Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were, were, were very close to Jesus. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were very close to Jesus. They were really tight. They, they believed in his ministry. They loved him, and they were very, very tight. They were very close to Jesus. 
they, they were in the inner circle of who uh, Jesus was. They followed the ministry around. They allowed him to stay different places with them. They fed him. They, they did a lot of things that we see fall out in the scripture. And a situation arose where Lazarus became sick. Lazarus became sick, and someone, knowing the power of Jesus, someone sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. Now, here's the thing with me. Um, in, in recent times, uh, and over the last three or four weeks, a couple of our members have been sick and in the hospital. And we couldn't go to them because they're not letting you come into the hospital right now uh, as a pastor, as a visitor. They're not allowing that. It's, it's one family member only, if even that. And so, but the truth of the matter is, is I have desired to go and I have desired to visit with the people that have been in the hospital from our church. I've desired to do that. And in the situation that we're looking at here in the scripture, we see a desire, you would think, you would think someone that close to Jesus, someone who supports his ministry, someone who was in the inner circle, you would think that Jesus would immediately stop what he was doing and go back and heal Lazarus. But that's not what he did. He didn't do that. As a matter of fact, he didn't do that. He, he ended up staying where he was for several days. He stayed where he was for several days. And until, until Lazarus actually died, he died. So Lazarus, believing that Jesus was going to come and heal him, took his last breath and he died. And Mary and Martha there with him, believing that Jesus would come and heal him, had the disappointment that Lazarus had died and Jesus never showed up. But eventually, Jesus does show up. He's talking to his disciples and they're like, hey, should we go now? I don't know if you go now, you're going to be stoned and I don't know if you should go. They're going to want to hurt you uh, because of some of the things you've said and on and on and on. And so he said, no, we're going to go in the daylight. We're not going to be in the dark. We'll go back. And Jesus tells his disciples, he says, hey, listen, this is not going to, this, this death is going to glorify God. And they had no idea what he was talking about. So Jesus starts on his way back. And by the time he gets there, Lazarus has been dead for four days, for four days. Now, there's something amazing about that, something interesting about that. In the Jewish custom, they believe that on the fourth day is when, is when the, the body and soul separated. And so once that, once that occurred, it was just a shell and the soul had gone on. Fourth day. Jesus comes back and here, here, starting in John, John chapter 11, starting in verse 21, here is the interaction that he had with Martha. Here's the text. Martha said to Jesus. Martha said to Jesus. Let me, let me find it here. Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, I don't want you to read that as, as Jesus coming up and Martha saying, Lord, if only you'd have been here, my brother would have died. Don't read that like that. 
If you knew that someone could help and heal your sick relative, if you knew that someone who loved your sick relative could have the answer to the question, had the answer to the issue, and they never showed up, and then they showed up, knowing that they could have come and they didn't come, you would be ticked off and Martha was ticked off. And Mary was so ticked off that she didn't even come. She stayed at the house. Goes on from there. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her this. Your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said. He will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And I love this verse. And here's the verse we're going to cue on. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. So what do we have going on here? Well, I want to dig into a little bit of it today for you. I want you to notice a few things. The first thing I want you to notice is Martha knew her Bible. She did. Martha knew her Bible. She knew theologically what Jesus was talking about. She knew the Scripture. She quoted theology in verse 24. She says, yes, He will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. I know he will rise. And so she knew her Bible. She knew, she knew what the scripture had said about the coming days. But here's the thing that Jesus wanted to do. Jesus wanted to take what she knew in her head and he wanted to take it a step further and he wanted to take it a step deeper. He wanted to show her that he has the power over death. He wanted her to know that he has the final say, that he has the victory. Even though you know theology in your head, Jesus wanted her and you and me to know it in our lives. Are you with me? He wanted He wanted us to know it in our lives, and he wanted Martha to know it in her lives. Here's the key thing, though, that he really wanted her to know. And I want you to to get this, and I want you to think about this for a second. He wanted Martha to know that the resurrection isn't an event. It's a person. I want you to hear that again. The resurrection isn't an event. It's a person. The resurrection isn't an event. It's a person. Today, you guys, you know what we're celebrating? We're celebrating Jesus rising from the dead, having risen from the dead. He's conquered death. And we're, we're celebrating that he has, has reconnected us with God because of what he did. But I want you to understand something. Today, we celebrate his resurrection But here's the truth of the matter. We really need to be celebrating that he is the resurrection. 
It's not just he has been resurrected. It's not that he, it's he is the resurrection. What's the difference? There's a huge, huge difference. It's not an event that happened. It is a person. Obviously, it happened. We know it happened. But here's the key. It's a person. The resurrection is a person found in Jesus Christ. What does it mean for us? What does that mean for us? If it's a person, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you what it means. It means that we never have to experience death. That's what it means. We never have to experience death. And you may say, oh, I know, man, but I don't get that because, like, my, my dad passed away or, or my grandfather passed away or someone in my family passed away. I want you to understand something. From what Jesus himself said in the text that we read, it says in verse 26, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. That's what he says. And so I believe that it's the fact. And so because of Jesus being the resurrection, we will never have to experience death. And we don't experience death. I truly believe that in one millisecond, when our earthly bodies stop working, in one millisecond, we go from this life into the presence of God in a millisecond, almost like blinking your eyes. That's what I believe. We don't have to experience that death. Here's what else it means. It means because he is the resurrection, it means that we have an earthly, a heavenly home in Christ. The scripture says that he goes to prepare a place for us. He's preparing a place for us. We have a heavenly home in Christ. It means that sin, the sin that burdens us, no longer has to burden us. It means that we have the ability, and I want to key on that, the ability, a lot of us don't take, we don't, we don't take advantage of that ability, but we have the ability to live a life free from worry. We have that ability. Why do we have that ability? We have that ability because Jesus is the resurrection. But here's the important part I want you to get. I don't want you to miss this, and we're going to hit this again at the end, but I don't want you to miss it here. You have to believe that Jesus is the resurrection. You have to give your life over to him. You know, for so long, I always felt like, okay, well, I'm going to believe that Jesus died and rose again. I'm going to believe in the resurrection of Christ, that event that occurred you know, 2,000 years ago, I'm going to believe in that. And because I believe in that, and I'm allowing him to be my Lord, I am then saved. The truth of the matter is, is this. You are saved because not the event that occurred when he defeated death, he defeated death. He is the resurrection. You are saved because he is the resurrection. You were taking that on because he defeated death. We have the ability, we have the ability to join him because of what he's done for us. And because he says in the text, I am the resurrection and the life. And I don't want you to miss that second part either because here's the second thing I want to tell you. Jesus isn't just the resurrection. He's not. He says he is also the life. I want you to get that. Jesus is so good that he not only delivers us from death, 
he not only delivers us from the penalty of death, he no longer delivers us from the time when he says we don't have to experience death. He also brings us out of the darkness. And you know what he gives us? He gives us life. He gives us life. He gives us eternal life. I want to tell you something. From the moment, from the moment you give your heart over to Christ, from the moment you accept his resurrection power in your life, from the moment you believe that he conquered death on the cross, from the moment you believe that he is the resurrection that was resurrected 2,000 years ago, from the moment you believe that and you allow him to become the Lord of your life, from that moment, you are at that moment a citizen of heaven. You are a citizen, you are an eternal citizen of heaven. What does that mean for you and me right now? It means that we, because we're an eternal citizen of heaven, we can live a life right now. We don't always, one of the things, I'm not a huge fan, and I don't want to offend anybody out there. Sorry if I offend you, but I'm not a huge fan of Southern gospel music. Now, I say that, and I posted a Southern gospel song this morning on Facebook, but I'm not a huge fan of Southern gospel music. Why? Well, let me tell you why. One of the reasons I'm not a huge fan is because a lot of their songs, a lot of their songs, a lot of songs, they all talk about how great it's going to be in heaven. Are you with me? And what, is, and what we're not going to have and what we're not going to, they all talk about those kind of things. They talk about how, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of Beulah land and all kinds of, and that's great. I mean, that's all great if you like that stuff. Um, but here's the truth of the matter. We have the ability, if we're obedient, we have the ability. There's great things that can happen here as well. We're not just sitting around wasting. You know, there was a group of people back in Jesus' day after he died. They actually just sat around and wait for him to come back. They did. They sat around and waited. As a matter of fact, when he was ascended, they were all just standing there looking and looking and going, what do we do now? And he says, he says, why are you here? Why are you still here? Go and do what he told you to do. Go and be who he told you to be. We're not just, we are looking for heaven as our home. But let me tell you something. The scripture says that he is the resurrection and the life. So he's got our eternal home, but he also gives us life here on earth, he gives us life right here and right now. And why does he do that? Well, here's why. Because Jesus is a right now deliverer. I don't want you to miss that. Jesus is a right now deliverer. I want you to look in verse 26. I've already read it. Everyone, everyone who lives in me. Okay, I want you to get that. Everyone who lives in me. He doesn't say everyone who lived in me. Everyone who lived in me. He says everyone who lives in me right now. And what? Doesn't say believed. Doesn't have a D on the end. Believed. He says believes in me. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never Die. And then he asked Martha if she believed it. Well, why would he say that? 
Why wouldn't he just say, listen, if you've lived in me and believed in me, you'll have eternal life. Well, because he's not only the resurrection for eternal life, but he's also, he's also the life. He's also the life. And can I tell you something? In Martha and Mary's situation, and in Lazarus' situation, Lazarus, Lazarus' situation didn't call for later. It didn't. Lazarus' situation, you know where it called? Right now. Lazarus' situation called for right now. Your situation may call for right now. My situation may call for right now. This situation we're going through calls for right now. Not later, not, not when we all get to heaven, you know, what a day of rejoicing it'll be. And it is going to be a day of rejoicing, and I can't wait for that day. But some of our situations, because he is the life as well, some of our situations call for right now. See, Mary, Martha said this, Martha said, she says, do you believe this? And she said, I know that he's going to be resurrected when the resurrection happens in the end. I know that. And he said, no, 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 no. I am the resurrection. I am the life right now. This is going to happen right now. And that's exactly what he said. It's exactly what he said. The final thing I want you to know is this. Our response to all of this, our response to all the things that I've told you this morning, our response is to believe. That's our response. There's an amazing thing that happened in this story. So and you can read it, you know, go ahead and read the rest of the chapter. So Jesus, Jesus uh, begins to be emotional uh, and, and he goes up and he, and he calls forth, he calls forth Lazarus. And because, get this, because he is, he is the resurrection, Lazarus then comes forth right now. Lazarus comes forth. By what power? By the power of the only one who had the power and who was the resurrection. What kind of testimony do you think Lazarus had after that? What kind of stories do you think he told after that? What kind of impact do you think he had after that? Do you think he continued to believe? I think he probably did. He was brought forth because of the resurrection and to give him life. And we are no different than he is. We who are dead in our sins are no different than Lazarus. We too need the resurrection. We need today. We need the resurrection and we need the life in our lives. We need that today. Mark chapter 16 says this. I'll turn over and read it to you. Mark chapter 16, starting in verse 5. Mark chapter 16, starting in verse 5, says this. It says this. It says, when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking 
for the Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Now this is where they laid his body. Now go tell the disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there as he told you before he died. I love what he says. Just don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. Don't, don't, don't freak out. I want you to know something. Jesus, who was dead, is now alive. And he's alive because of the power of who he is. He is the resurrection. The resurrection is not an event. The resurrection is a person. And it's the person of Jesus Christ. And he came to not only give us resurrection, but also to give us life. And he says he is the resurrection and the life. Life is only found in the person of Jesus Christ. My question to you out there today is this. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe that Christ, like Mary did, like Martha did, do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Have you ever had an opportunity to tell Christ that you believe that he's the resurrection and the life? Have you ever allowed Christ to be the boss, the Lord, the Lord of your life? Do you believe that today? We're gonna do a time here in a moment and I wanna go ahead and let you guys know to get your uh, communion things uh, prepared. We're gonna have time because at, right before Jesus died, he did something. He said this, he said, I want you to do something. I want you to always remember this time. I want you to always remember it. You remember this time. And, and what I want you to do is, is I, I want you to take this, this bread and this, this cup. I want you to take this. And I want you to know that this symbolizes my body and my blood. And I want you to remember, remember the sacrifice that I made. Remember the event that happened on the cross. Remember the resurrection on Easter Sunday morning. Remember who the resurrection is. Remember that. And so what I want to do right now is, as a special time in Easter, as you at home, maybe you're watching by yourself, maybe you're watching with your family, I want to encourage you to do this. I want you to encourage you to get whatever you have there. Whatever you have. And we're going to go in a time here of, of communion. We're going to go in a time of communion to celebrate what it is that Jesus did for us. Communion is a, is a time where we have an opportunity to remember. Um, we have an opportunity to remember who Christ is. We have an opportunity to remember exactly what he did. We have an opportunity to reconnect, to reconnect with with Christ is amazing. In the scripture on the road to Emmaus, it wasn't until they began to break bread with Christ that they were like, their eyes were open and they saw who it was that they were with. Some of us having, having connected with God in the, in the past, some of us having had made a decision for Christ in the past may need an opportunity to reconnect with him. Some of us need to examine ourselves. I need to examine myself and my relationship with Christ. And so what I want to do is, is I want to, we're going to take this together. And so, but I, want, I do want to read a scripture uh, discussing the, um, the communion. Here's what it says in Luke chapter 22. 
In Luke chapter 22, here's what it says. It says, he took some bread, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And here's what he said. Then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body given for you. Do this to remember me. And then he says, after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement, I love this, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. That's what Christ did for you, and that's what he did for me. And all he's asking us to do, all he's asking us to do is accept the fact that he is the resurrection and he is the life. And so I want to encourage you today, as you take this communion, I want to encourage you to remember, remember what it was that Christ did for you. And so I'll take the, 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 the bread, which represents his body, and the wine, which represents his blood. And I want to tell you this, as you take your communion elements, this is Christ's body broken for you. In the same way, this is Christ's blood shed for you. Lord God, we want you to be the resurrection and the life in our lives. We want you to be our only hope. We want you to be our Savior. We want you to be our Lord. We want you to be more than we can ever want or imagine. We, God, want you to be our boss. And I ask you even now, as people are listening on Facebook, even now that you would pierce their hearts, draw them close, even now sitting in their living room, that you would pierce their hearts and draw them to you even now during this time, opportunity and being intentional, what a great testimony it would be, Lord, if people were to say, I gave my life to Christ during the quarantine, sitting on my couch at home. I gave my life over to Christ. I allowed him to be my resurrection and my life. I allowed him to change my heart and my mind. God, my prayer is, is that you would draw people to you as only you can do. And I pray, God, that you show your mighty hand during this time. In the strong and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you're at home, I want you to sing along with the song that we have. We're going to close with, with this song, and I'll be back up. But make sure you're, you're remembering what Christ did. And ask yourself, is, is he the resurrection and the life in my life? I'll be right back.